On this episode of Real Talk Rentals, we're going to be talking about maintenance. Nobody likes it, but it is a necessity. Welcome to Real Talk Rentals, a podcast brought to you by OnQ Property Management. We're here to give you the behind the scenes look at property management and everything that goes into owning a rental property. I'm Ben, I'm your host. With me as always is my co-host, Mr. Eric Dixon, the uh, go-to expert on all things property management out here. And today we're gonna be diving into something that everyone kind of dreads. It's a, it's a scary word in property management and that is maintenance. What happens when things break? What happens when repairs are needed? We're gonna walk you through that process from a property management standpoint, and then try and give you a little bit on the self-management end as well. So Eric, I'm going to throw it to you with, with a property management company, obviously us here at OnQ, what does the maintenance process look like? Well, yeah, it's kind of a loaded question because maintenance is, it's, it's probably more than half of the actual day-to-day job, you know, as far as a property manager is concerned. If there was no maintenance, it would be obviously rent collection and the accounting and, and that sort of stuff. But maintenance is a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, funny enough, I was just on a call yesterday. Um, somebody called in and I was, I was the backup guy for the salespeople. And, you know, we went through the normal spiel of our service and we talked for about 20 minutes and he was excited. And then he's like, Hey, how does the maintenance work? And I could tell he had big anxiety about it. Sure. Like he's like, Hey, I was trying to sell my home. It's been on the market for 90 days. I'm looking at, Hey, maybe I should rent this place instead. I'm really concerned, man. I mean, my house is older. The AC is 10 years old. You know, he has a pool. Um, he has landscaping that probably don't want a tenant to take, take care of. It's kind of higher, uh, higher touch landscaping. And I could just tell he's like, gulp, like gulp on the other side of the, uh, yeah. the if that wasn't in consideration and be like, just do a rental. Oh, no dude. Problem. And, and we talked about, I, I told him, I said the biggest unknown expense in property management, owning rentals and everything is maintenance. I mean, it's just, you don't know. Um, I was telling you yesterday as we were kind of talking about, Hey, this is what we're going to talk about tomorrow is I replaced a roof this year that I wasn't anticipating for at least five or 10 more years. Right. Yeah. So it's like, and we're talking, it's a tile roof and it's a bigger house. And it's like, dude, that, that was not something I was expecting and you just have to be able to stomach it, you know? And so anyway, as far as what the process looks like, it's more just understanding that as a whole in property management or if you're a self-managing landlord and you're struggling with maintenance, that's kind of, that's okay. That's the name of the game. One of the biggest reasons people hire us or a manager in general is because of maintenance. Right. Like I, I'm done. I'm sick of doing this myself. It takes so much time and effort and liability and and that sort of thing. Yeah. So really, um, when we were talking about, there's two kinds of maintenance then in that, right? Oh, yeah. There's There's the unexpected, the roof that yep. you had, you weren't prepared for. And then there's the things like you were mentioning before, the pool, the landscape stuff that is just maintaining the property that still needs to happen, even though it renters are in there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and you're right. So I, the breakdown is the routine stuff is, yeah, if you have a pool, you have pool service, you have landscaping that needs more work than an average tenant would do. You know, you could include landscaping. A lot of our owners are, and uh, clients are including at least quarterly or biannual pest control, or if they're not, it's tenant responsibility. And then um, the routine checks, at least here in Arizona, like a routine check on your AC system, your HVAC, you've got to do it. It's going to save you a big repair, you know, over the summer, Um, water heater flushes, 
uh, roof inspection and roof maintenance. I kick myself because this roof that I had to replace, I could have done roof maintenance on it, you know, spend four or 500 yeah. bucks every five years and get the broken tiles and get the motor caps, you know, fixed and, you know, get the tiles that are sliding fixed. And I wouldn't have to have done this huge repair and ultimately replace it, you know? Right. So I kicked myself, I even talking about it. And then you have the unexpected. So I talked about the roof, but here in Arizona, we, we talked to our maintenance coordinator yesterday and said, Hey, what are the top four, um, maintenance requests that come in? We we're going to do top three, but we knew the number one, obviously, AC. obviously it's AC, right? Yeah. So here in Arizona, it's like AC from March, April until October. It's just, it is by and large the, the most, uh, submitted maintenance request. Sure. Um, so aside from that, number one, the numbers two, three, four, and I was a little bit surprised in this order leaks. So plumbing related leaks, right? Whether it's a, a, a valve or a faucet or a dishwasher line, or, you know, some sort of water leak, um, a water heater not working, you know, and, and those are, it's common. And then electrical issues was number four. Yeah. So, um, you know, light switches, outlet doesn't work more than a breaker not working. It's like, Hey, something happened or the fan doesn't work and it ends up being a short or, yeah. you know, something like that. And it, it's funny that we knew right away it was AC and, and it's obvious because not only are ACs, you know, essential out here, you can't survive yeah. obviously in Arizona, but, um, it's the kind of thing that a tenant is going to call on right away. Yeah. Cause it is an emergency yeah. if it goes out in July, you know, whereas maybe they're like, Oh, that ceiling fan's not working. I gotta, I should put in a request to have that fixed, yep. you know, and it might not be yeah, top it's not, of mind. It's not top of mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I know there's like this kind of panic in owners that they think, Oh, they're just going to say, you know, everything's broken and want everything to be replaced. Yep. And it's like, usually it's the stuff that is serious. You yeah. know, they're not, they're not just for fun filling that out there. They're doing it because there's no, you know, AC and it's 120 outside. Yeah. And, and really, as you bring that up, there's a mindset of a tenant versus a, an owner of a property that maybe lived there. Sure. I'm, I'm guilty of it, but there are things that are wrong in my home that I own right now. That you just that, live with. <laughs> that I, I've, I've neglected and I haven't fixed them. Right. Sure. But if we rented it out, that'd be the first call. Right. It was like, dude, this door, this handle, there's actually, there's a door in our house. We my wife and I were just talking about it uh, last night and I was like, Oh, I didn't know that door stuck and it, the pin doesn't engage. And so, you know, that bedroom door doesn't latch and it's like, Oh, I didn't even know that. But if, you know, if that doesn't latch, that's a maintenance call. You yeah. Know? And so there's some things that you just normally would live, live with that uh, tenants. It's an expectation and the bar is high. You know, you've got to yeah. maintain that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, I remember, so I'm, I'm a renter and I've been living in the same place for five, six years now. And the first four years, nothing. We never had to call for anything. Dude, you're, the dream, um, you're the dream tenant, man. Right? No. Yeah. Not a single <laughs> phone call, right? For four years, because it was like, everything was good. It was taken care of. There was nothing broke, nothing, nothing that we couldn't fix ourselves. Just like, uh, you know, something need to be tightened or, tightened or, whatever, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then this last year, the AC went out unrepairable. They had to replace the whole thing. Uh, they had to fix the roof. The house had to be painted. We got a letter from the HOA saying, Oh, they forced was, them to paint it. Okay. They forced them to paint. And I was like, man, it, you know, thinking about your roof story, it's like my landlord had to do all of that this year, this year. Yeah. And done. she probably was not expecting that, you yeah. know, but it, it's like, 
I, I can't control that. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news, but HOA is mad at you. You got to paint. Yeah. And do you know what the, it's, it's one more point to drive home is that the tenant, it doesn't make you a bad tenant. Right. Right. The, the, and, and I know the perception is, man, this tenant's crazy. I've had to replace the AC. I've had to paint the house. I had to fix a roof leak. Yeah. And it's like, no, all of those things would have happened. Good or bad tenant. You know, yeah. whether you pay on time, you don't pay on time, whether you damage the house or not. Um, you know, those things would have had to be done. And unfortunately for your landlord, it happened all in a, in a 2022, yeah. you know, yeah. it happened in one year period. Uh, and so, you know, that that's the unknown expense for years. They were riding the gravy train with you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they were <laughs> no, like, no is maintenance great. issues. You know? Yeah. Um, so I know for me, my, my process, right? Like the AC went out. I just, my landlord self manages. I just picked up the phone and called her. Um, for us, I know it on Q, we do it differently in a lot of property management yep. companies. You can, you kind of touch on what does that look like? maintenance of a property management company's hand. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, uh, it's evolved a lot, right? So we started in 2010 and we didn't really have a ton of the online capabilities jump ahead 12 years. And we, whether you call email text, um, or do it online initially, we try and funnel everything to online, not just cause we want to get off the phone with you. That's not the point. The point is, Hey, online, you can submit a video, you can submit a picture, you can write a better description. And so, you know, we welcome phone calls and emails and so forth. Obviously, if it's an emergency, yeah, pick up the phone. Let's get this handled. Yeah. Um, but most of the work orders are coming in online. And what's great about it is the tenant could be at home. It's 1030 at night. They're tucking their kid in and boom, they notice something's broken. Hey, let me jump on real quick. I'll take a picture. I'll submit it. Yeah. We'll worry about it tomorrow. Yeah. And online just makes it so that when we come in in the morning, we're like, oh, boom, we have all these maintenance requests from last night. Let's schedule them, get them assigned to different vendors and contractors um, and get those taken care of. So we want to push online. Yeah. Um, I would venture to say too, that if you're shopping for a property manager in your market, that's one of the things I would make sure they do is they have the ability to submit work orders 24 seven. Right. Um, and, and that way I know that as a landlord, you're like, no, you don't want them to submit work orders. That costs me money. But at the end of the day, they're improving your property by letting you know what's wrong so that at five, 10, 15 years down the road, you're not like, man, this place is trashed yeah. because no one called in any maintenance requests. Sure. So there is a fine balance, right? Obviously there's some, some tenants take advantage of that. But um, then from there, as far as the process goes, it's submitted online. Then we manage the whole thing from assigning a contractor or a vendor, uh, making sure it's scheduled, do the QA, you know, a quality assurance check. Uh, are there before and after pictures of the work? Right. Um, is the contractor license bonded and insured? Make sure they get paid. Uh, you know, the invoicing and the payment and stuff goes, goes along from there. And that any warranties are, are also in the system and passed along. Right. You know, like a, a water heater typically on a new install has a six year warranty. A lot of the AC systems, they'll have a 10 year parts warranty, one year labor warranty or whatever. And we want to know that stuff so that if we get a call in six months, the owner's not paying, you know, yeah. to somebody else to go fix it. That's a great thing I think too, about online is it's accountability on all ends. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the tenant has the comfort of knowing like it's documented when you submitted this with photos time stamped. we yeah. know when it came in and the same thing on our end. And we can say, Hey, you know, we took care of it. You sent it this date. We've got the vendors after photos, you know, it's approved. Um, I totally forget. What did you call a uh, Craigslist? Like random. Oh, oh yeah. The, uh, well I tell owners all the time cause they're like, well, can I send my own guy? And I'm like, well, 
Yes and no. If your guy's a licensed contractor or he's uh, under the handyman license, you know, he's able to do this stuff and stay within the parameters. Yeah, sure, whatever. We'll we'll figure that out and we'll manage it. But your Craig, we can't uh, sub out to Craigslist wonders, you know. Wonder, yeah. The, the Craigslist wonder. And yeah. I don't know why I say that. I must have heard it or, or whatever. Yeah. But I love it. People people laugh because they're like, oh yeah, I would never just go to Craigslist and hire the cheapest guy. Oh uh, yeah, right, dude. When yeah. we call, when we call you, and you're <laughs> like, oh, I've do. got a guy. Yeah. And they roll up to replace your water heater in a Honda Accord. Yeah. And they've got a water heater. You know, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you are you licensed? Are you insured? You know, because the liability is not just on the owner. Now it's on us for saying, oh man, we supported this de this decision to send yeah. this bootleg Craigslist wonder. Guy, you know? <laughs> um, so to that end, can, next question is, can an owner refuse a repair? If, if they submit a repair, can an owner say like, I don't want to do that and not do it? Uh, I guess yes and no. I mean, the, the fork in the road there is, is uh, health and safety is a big one in emergency or if it's kind of other, right? So if it's health and safety, if it's like AC in the summer in July, yeah, believe it or not, we have clients that will say, oh, I want to I want to have my AC guy go on Monday. Is that okay? It's like, no, it's Friday night. It's midnight. It's 104 degrees outside still because that's a thing. Yeah. We need to send somebody today and they get upset. It's like, would you live in that house? No. Well, no, no, but this is a rental. You're like, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, some of that is human just, beings living in there. <laughs> it's just educating them, you know, but in a, in a health and safety issue, whether where, you know, if a front or back door doesn't lock and you can't secure the home or there's a, a window shattered completely and it's open to the elements outside, that's a health and safety issue. You know, right. you got to board that up immediately. Um, so you can't refuse those type of things, health and safety, emergencies, sewer backups, uh, leaks that aren't draining. So like a leak, a dripping faucet into the sink. Hey, we'll come address that on Monday. Maybe right. if you can turn the valve off or the shutoff valve, but even if not, not a big deal. If it's leaking from something onto the floor or through the drywall from the second story to the first story, yes, you have to do that. So um, I'd say yes and no, you know, can you refuse it? You could refuse petty things that are like, hey, I don't like the color of this fan. It's oil rubbed bronze and the door handles are satin. You need to come replace oh, this. Yeah, fan. It's unlivable. You can't live like that. <laughs> no, it's just my OCD. Does, yeah. Can't do it. You know, that type of stuff. Believe it or not, we get some requests that are like, hey, I, I just assumed they'd put a ceiling fan in these rooms. It's Arizona and it's a light fixture, not a fan. Yeah. Sure. We'll call the owner and say, hey, look, they've requested a fan. You could say no. It's yeah. not required. But, you know, those are the types of things you could refuse in a nice way. Right. Yeah. It's like, hey, do you know what? They're not willing to, but. Maybe the owner's willing to pay an electrician to install it if you buy the fan, yeah, or whatever. You know? I've, I've seen some wild ones where there was a a tenant who put in a work order request because she felt that the peephole in the door was too high. Oh, <laughs> she wanted us yeah. to come redrill the door and put it lower for, her. and it's like an owner's not going to pay for that. Yeah. Like that's he'll, he'll buy you a eight dollar step stool though. Yeah, there you go, an IKEA <laughs> step stool. You can stand on that, Mark. <laughs> No, and, and there are, uh, you know, there's some crazy ones like uh, they'll come in and say, hey, the playground is broken in the community. Yeah. And we're like, oh, hey, thanks for letting us know. But here's, you know, we'll uh, make sure to call the HOA and let them know. Yeah. But it's kind of out of our hands, right? It's like the street lights and the, the, um, the playground equipment and stuff going on in the community. I think a lot of our tenants assume that we're also managing that part of the, uh, right. the experience and the, the community. 
So we do get a lot of stuff like that. that yeah, we can kind of either refuse to do it or nicely let them down nicely and yeah. say, hey, yeah, thanks for letting us know, but you know, we can't Maybe call that the HOA. Yeah. Um, I would say that the hardest one that they try and refuse on, a, on occasion is the uh, um, the cost of a big ticket item. You know, they're like, hey, the the AC is going to be $8,000. We got three bids ranging from seven to 10,000. And they'll, they'll literally call and say, hey, look, I would love to replace this, but I have no money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And it's a lot of money. Down. You know, even, even with... Uh, the roof we had to replace, like we had to get creative to figure like, how do you rob Peter to pay Paul to make, yeah. <laughs> to make these work with the mortgage payment and all this stuff. But, um, our job is to help facilitate that and balance. Like this is a health and safety issue. We have to get it done. So that's a, that's a black and white issue. It's like, yes, you certainly have to do it, but how can we help them get financing a credit line? Um, you know, can we, ask the vendor to take payments over time. Sure. Like as the management company, we're not a bank, you know, we can't float payments, but Hey, if the contractor says, Oh yeah, I'll take installments or, or whatever, you know, right. so we, we work with a lot of that stuff. But recently we've helped a guy get financing for a new AC unit and it totally saved him. I mean, he lives yeah. out of the country and he, he actually doesn't have us dollar bank accounts and stuff in the U S and he's like, look, I don't even know how to figure this out. And we were able to get a, a credit line for him to pay for it and got it replaced within a few days versus, um, you know, these alternative solutions were put the tenant in a hotel for three weeks while he figures out how to send money to the States. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. That's just untenable. Yep. Um, so in other situations, does a landlord have a say in what vendors are used if they're, you know, you mentioned like them just calling random people, but let's say they have a license yeah. and insured. Do can they say this is my guy? You have to use him. Yeah. So we and this is on cue talking. You know, um, representing on cue stance on it is we pride ourselves in not marking up maintenance, and that does not mean that other business models that do mark up maintenance are bad. It's really just that the business model we have chosen to take is hey, we don't make money on maintenance as a management company. Right. Um, we have affiliations and relationships with other contractors that we refer business to and send them, but we want it to be that there's not a conflict that we say, hey, no, we we can use Ben, your AC guy, great. As long as he's licensed, bonded, and insured 100% and gives us all that documentation in his W-9 and we can pay them and invoice them correctly right. and that they're going to warranty the work. Oftentimes they're like, oh, well, he's not licensed and stuff. It's like, well, we just can't, we can't subcontract to them. Like we're not a, we are not a general contractor. We can't right. subcontract to that person and take on the risk and liability of their work. And so the answer is yes and no. We have, we have great clients that bring to the table a couple vendors and stuff like that. Hey, if it's an AC person, try them first. If they can't go, use your guys. And so uh, then we put that in the protocol for the maintenance and we try yeah. them first. If they can't get to it right away, we'll go to our list. You yeah. Know? So, I, and I know that's a sticking point for a lot of investors, you know, especially if you're talking a big investor, like who's got a lot of homes, you know, they have their own relationships yeah, and it's absolutely. like, like you said, property management, so much of it is maintenance that it probably scares a lot of them to go, why would I go there? You're going to force me to use vendors I don't want and you're going to charge me. No, and let's be real. There, there are people, we all know an AC guy or we oh, yeah. all know a plumber, right? But and, and they may give me a better deal than if you called them off the street. So I get it. And we want to make sure those relationships stay intact. But we have to balance the urgency of the work order yeah. versus the relationship you have with the, the AC guy, for example. Yeah. You know, it's like if your AC guy can't go for five days because he's out hunting, 
like we can't wait for him you yeah. know <laughs> it's like hey you can't wait but, yeah. but he's on vacation know. but when he gets back they'll understand but yeah you if, know? It's, if it's a a non-emergency type thing and and you say, hey, I want to use my guy, but he's a week out. Okay, cool. It's a non-emergency. We'll relay it to the tenants, schedule it with them in a week or whatever. Yeah. But we, we want to support relationships 100%. We, we certainly have, have that. And I feel like we stand apart uh, against the competition because we, we do. We pride ourselves and, hey, we do not mark that up. But we have, to, we have to jump on these things. We can't just wait for your guy to be available or, right. or, or come through on that. And I think it's really just the landlords looking at it like, with empathy and being like you, like you said before, you wouldn't wait. Oh yeah. Five days. Yeah. Like you wouldn't just because that guy who gives you a better deal is out of town. You wouldn't be like, I'll live in 115 degrees for five days yeah. while we wait for him. You would say, I guess I got to call somebody else. Yeah. No. And we bring up AC a lot, but the health and safety is mostly AC yeah. in Arizona. Right. In other, in other States, I'm sure it's heat, you know, in the Northern yeah, States where absolutely. it's cold all winter. And it's like, you can't just li let them live there without heat. It sounds sounds silly you know yeah. here it is silly it's like no it's it's tuesday the part won't come in for the ac for a week that's a legitimate thing the parts coming in and but what do you do in the meantime you got to put them up in a hotel yeah. you got to give them credit on rent you got to give it you know you got to figure out some sort of solution where the tenant feels like no they're taking care of this yeah and they're not we dragging have portable their ac units i know we'll take out oh yeah to oh, places no, our, our portable acs our hotel credit as part of our uh you know tenant perks here We've got, um, you know, the owners on board, we educate them on this, right? If the AC is out for multiple days, they under, especially if the owners lived here in Arizona, they yeah, get it. Yeah. They get it. It's the ones that, you know, they live in California. Like I don't have AC or heat at my house yeah. with my beach view, you know? Yeah. I grew up in Southern California. It was like, if you're hot, open the window. If you're cold, close the window. That, <laughs> was, that was it. Blanket, no AC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to kind of just touch on before we finish up here, like for people that are self-managing, like I'm thinking of my landlord that, you know, I'm calling when things are, are going down. What do you think the benefit for them is in using a property management company in this scenario? You know, cause a lot of, I know a lot of people probably think I'm handy. I can handle this, you yeah. know? Um, but what are the advantages of using a property management company as opposed to self-managing maintenance? Yeah. So the, uh, I would say the biggest advantage is your time, right? And that, that sounds cliche, right? It might be that you're, you said your, your landlord's a self-managing landlord, yes. right? So you're calling in direct. Um, but it's a time thing for me personally, as I've, I've said on other episodes, it's, I hired not just our company, but a property manager because of time, like right. recalling again, another, uh, story of, I almost shocked myself with 220, 220 volt, you know, electricity, because I was trying to save an $85 service call for an electrician to hook something up. Yeah. Know? And I'm like, it costed me time, almost my life. I probably missed dinner with my kids and my wife that night. Yeah. I probably missed bedtime because I had to drive over there, drive to Home Depot, get the thing, go over there, buy a new part, do all this stuff to, to save probably a service call, maybe 50 bucks more or whatever, 150 right. bucks or less. And, uh, and so it's the time, it's the liability. It's like, you yeah. know, if, if I would have burned that place down, then the insurance company's like, wait, why are you doing that? Are you a licensed plumber? Are you a licensed yeah. electrician? You know, we, we had a, a subcontractor who were rename, uh, 
remain you nameless. Remain <laughs> nameless. There, I'm like, re, we'll rename him. No, yeah. He will remain nameless, but uh, sweating pipe, right? And almost burned the building down. It's a fourplex, right? Catches on fire. Four tenants are affected. And the insurance claim is over um, $150,000, $160,000. Luckily, we require licensed, bonded, insured contractors, yeah. right? And the insurance company paid out and everyone was fine. There was no fatalities. There's no issues. But had we sent the owner who did it himself and burned it down, or had we sent the owner's guy yeah. or gal that you know saves them 50 bucks on the service call and they catch this place on fire, like there wouldn't be an in- the insurance would deny the claim. You yeah. Know? So um, I would say time is the biggest one. Liability is probably right up there. Um, and then I would only say there are listeners, there are people listening that are, are self-managing and they're also doing self-repair and that's okay for you, right? Like yeah. so for some of you guys, it might work, you know, uh, going back to the very beginning of this pot, this episode, I said there was a call yesterday, that guy, he has a pool and he's like, Hey, who should I, uh, or what should I do with my pool? I said, well, you got to include pool maintenance and rent. It's kind of just the standard here in Arizona. The owner pays for pool service. And he's like, right. well, I do it myself right now. So I'm just trying to figure out how much time it did, did, did. And he's like talking, he's like thinking out loud, you know, and he's like, I could probably come every week in the summer and twice a week in the winter. And I, and then I, it clicked in my <laughs> head, wait, he's thinking he's going to drive to the house four times a week or four times a month yeah. to clean the pool to save 135 bucks a month or whatever it costs for pool service. And I'm like, his time, he's, he's putting a very low value on his time. Yeah. Right? And he's saying and his gas and his gas. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, don't you hire a management company to create a barrier between you and the tenant? Like, yeah. And so I actually told him, I said, Hey, look, if you're going to do your own pool service, you're going to go over. He talked about other maintenance cause he's super handy. I was like, the management company might not be for you. You know, it might be, Hey, if you're going to do the pool, if you're going to do the landscaping, if you're going to come do the pest control yourself, if you're going to do all the repairs and you want to be that involved, it may make sense for you to self-manage and and do that stuff. And then what happens is they do it. Then six months later, they call call. and and they're like, dude, this is too much. The tenant has my cell phone number. They call text, email, stop. (laughs) I mean, why wouldn't they like if, you know, the point of a property management company, if you're calling a property management company, they say, we got to get the owner to approve. Of course, in a tenant's mind, they're going to be like, well, I'll just cut out the middleman and call the owner. Like, I can't can't tell you how many, how many funny stories we've had of like owners that go to visit or they fly into town and they just want to look at their property and we're like, Hey, whatever you do, don't exchange your number with the tenant. And they're like, Oh, why? And you're like, well, I'm telling you, just trust us. Like they're going to start. Okay. Whatever. You know, three months later, Hey, can you tell the tenant to stop texting me? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've referred him back to Ben over and over my yeah. property manager, you know, but it's, and the tenants don't do it on purpose. It's no. just that they're either going to fill out a maintenance request on our website at 10 PM, or they're going to text the owner at 10 PM. Yeah. And it's one or the other, you yeah. know? So if you have a property manager, they know we are not at the office 24 seven. They understand the process of going online. If, if it's your cell phone is the manager, it's like, dude, you're getting the 10 PM texts Yeah, and you're reading a text at 10 PM going a blade on the fan is broken. They think it's an emergency. All right, honey, I got to go fix this. You know? Yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's kind of an extreme story, but I mean, that's reality. Yeah. It happens it's all the true. Time. It's true. Um, I mean, all right. So I think we covered a lot on maintenance here, but to sum up, it happens. 
right? It, it, yeah. And it's it, going to happen. It's going to happen no matter what. <laughs> don't, don't get into the rental business thinking, you know, well, it's going to be like Ben when he rented for the first four years yeah. and nothing will happen. Things break. They break in homes, they break in apartments and you got to be prepared for that. Yeah. And you got to budget for it. No, no, I see in my personal portfolio of rentals, there are certain ones now that I'm thinking, literally thinking of addresses. I'm like, dude, I haven't had a maintenance request on that one in a while. And it's funny because there there are correlations with if you're charging top, 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 top rent, the bar is higher for, yeah, absolutely. for maintenance. They're like, dude, if I'm paying top dollar, I better be getting top tier maintenance service. Yeah. I've got one that's very low. They've been there for a long time. They never call. Yeah. Ever. And I'm actually like, I don't know if that's good or bad, but they, they're never calling. But but I would just, the walk away today, I think is maintenance costs money. It's a tangible, hard cost. There's just, there is, it's going to hurt. And you got to figure out what do I need to do? Maybe the positive cash flow every month you get, try not to live off that money, sock it away. And then if you don't have to use it, awesome. You're, it's a bonus. But I'm telling you the roof, the AC, the, the plumbing issues will come over time. Yeah, at some um, point. So you must budget for it. I'd say the the other understanding is knowing that doing maintenance correctly the first time adds value to the house long term. Right. You know. So even even if you feel like, man, this is just a black hole, a money pit, if you're doing it correctly and they're doing good work over time, these things are gonna pay dividends down the road. Yeah. You know, get get a plumber who knows what they're doing. Get an AC guy who knows what they're doing, and over time you're gonna you're gonna win there. And then ultimately, we haven't even mentioned the word when it, uh, the most important word in maintenance, and it's trust when you have a property manager. Um, if you trust your manager and the manager trusts you and your intentions, you can work well together. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many times we've had to, we've had to make judgment calls even with owners we've been with for 10 years. Emergency comes in and we're, you know, we're getting their voicemail. We're getting no response, no response to text messages. And we have to make a decision, you know, rightfully contractually, we, we are allowed to make that decision. And we know that this owner is a good owner. This tenant's a good tenant. It's a, it has to get done and we, and we dispatch and get it done. And as the owner, they come back from vacation or wherever they were. And they said, thank you so much for handling that. Yeah. You know, they trust us. We trust them. And sometimes that takes months or years to build. But uh, all of maintenance, you're either trusting a manager or you're trusting a contractor or and you're trusting a tenant. You know, it, it just boils down to that trust relationship. Right, right. All right. Well, I think those are strong words to end on. Um, <laughs> so that's it for us this time. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you would follow the podcast and leave us a five-star review. It really helps out. And we will see you guys next time.